Uh, welcome to the Football Thunders, Episode 7. This week, sponsored by the Proper Blokes Club. Uh, the Proper Blokes Club is a community project for men's mental health. Uh, the main aim is to break the stigma of men's mental health and start talking openly about it. Uh, exercise has been proven a way to help people with any sort of mental health issues by releasing endorphins that make you feel good about yourself. Walking is free, so it makes it a great way to start and gets you out in the fresh air. So you need to get talking and walking. Uh, you can join them on one of their walks in Southwark on Thursdays at 6pm and Sunday at 6.30pm. Meet by uh, HMS Belfast. Mondays at 7pm, but meet by the County Sark. And at Wallington, meet by St Mary's Church at 6.30pm. That's the Proper Blokes Club. They've got a website, www.thepropablokesclub.co.uk. Or you can uh, hit them up on Facebook as well. Evening uh, to uh, Dan Finch and hello to Ryan. How are we doing, chaps? Hello. Good evening. Not even uh, evening, is it? Well, you know, whatever time of day it is, uh, welcome along. Um, uh, welcome, now, listener. Uh, which one? There's a couple. Oh. All of them. <laughs> All of them. three of them. Uh, tonight, we're going to be looking at, uh, well, today's show, we're going to be looking at um, uh, the transfer window we've just had. Uh, and, and I think it's concentrating more in the last week, aren't we, more than anything? But, I mean, in general, who had a good window, who didn't have a good window, who was expected to have a good, bad window, and ended up having a good window. Uh, players that haven't been picked up, possibly, and players that we're quite surprised that have moved on. And we'll also have a look back at England's win against Hungary last night. Uh, I noticed that um, certain changes weren't made in the second half, which I was fearing. But enough about that, and I'll try not to lose it, lose my, uh, lose my stuff this week over uh, any any potential players. I can, I'll try. I can't guarantee. Um, let's have have a look at. We, are we going to go? How do you want to do this, fellas? I mean, do you want to go? Because uh, we're looking predominantly at the Premier League, and we will look at other leagues, but predominantly at Premier League. Because I've got a non-league team we need to talk about as well uh, that have had a bit of a window. But um, should we look at the Premier League? And in the past week, the big transfers that's happened is clearly... Well, we knew about it, it was coming last time we broadcast. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo to Manchester United, after it did look like he was going to Man City. Um, Ryan, do you want to talk about this first? Because, you know... Um, you... I can do. I mean, Man United overall, I would argue, have probably had the best transfer window out of everyone. When you bring in Jadon Sancho, Varane and Cristiano Ronaldo, I don't think you can get three better players in one window that anyone would want. Uh, on, the, on the Ronaldo deal, I'm not... I know a lot of fans... A lot of Man United fans have gone bananas over this one. I'm not gone bananas over this one because he's obviously not the player that left, not the kid that grew up with us anymore. He's 36... He's a different type of player. I hope he. I hope he does. Obviously, want him to be successful. Now he's come back, but uh, I'm not expecting him to run up and down the left wing, beat ten people, and smash one into the back of the net. He, I think he's evolved beyond that now. Yep. Okay. Uh, and and the defender Varane looks to be an absolute quality signing for me, alongside Harry Maguire. It will stiffen up the Man United defence no end, won't it? I'm. I don't actually know too much about Varane, to be honest, um, because I haven't followed La Liga that much throughout his time there. Um, but what I did see against Wolves was I saw a lot of leadership, uh, a lot of experience, a lot of understanding of the game and a willingness to help his teammates out. And if he's doing that on his debut, then he can only be uh, an amazing asset going forwards. Dan, what do you, what do you, what, what do you think about Man United's business over the, uh, the window? 
Yeah, I think I agree with Ryan. I think Man United's win- window is probably the best in, in England, uh, probably in the world, to be fair. Um, I thought Varane was the deal for me. I bet we've been saying, I think we said on a lot of podcasts, you know, the defence needed improvement. And I think Varane alongside Maguire, Shaw and Wan-Bissaka, that's a very strong back four. And Man United's defence wasn't bad last year in general. I think it's just improved it. Yeah, it's just uh, the, the changes they've made, Dan, do you think that um, Man United can now mount a challenge for the title or or for the top for yeah for the t- can they mount a challenge a credible t- t- challenge for the title because i don't like this oh can they mount a challenge for the champions league no i want to know if a team can mount a challenge for the title do you think they can now yeah i mean as i just said i i am a believer and i don't don't know what you and, and ryan would say but i'm a believer of if you defend successfully you are in every right chance of winning a league title um, so, as I said, bringing in Varane improves their chance of winning just from that alone. And then you've got Ronaldo who's going to score you 20 goals. That If that if, if a, a solid defence and someone who scores you 20 goals, that should make you title contenders. And I wouldn't be shocked to see Monday night up there. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and, and I think uh, if you look at teams like um, uh, over the years, Newcastle United came so close to winning the title back in the 90s. The thing that stopped them was they didn't have a clue defensively. Uh, the defence wasn't brilliant. They were superb going forward, but they leaked so many goals. Ryan? I've tipped Man United to finish second before we signed Ronaldo, and I'll tip us to finish second afterwards. I think Ronaldo brings us closer than we have been in the previous seasons to challenging for the title, but I still don't think Man United's central midfield is a title-winning midfield. Oh, yeah. Um or well, looking at, uh, I mean, Dan's statement that, uh, you know, you need someone to score you 20 goals a season and you need a good defence. Can we look at quickly Man City, who we think will be up there, still haven't signed a striker yet, have they, Dan? No, but I think one thing that City have always done well is they spread their goals around the team. They have three or four players that get 15 goals and that helps. I think Ferran Torres will probably have a better year with the goals. Kevin De Bruyne will get a handful, Graylish will get a handful, Jesus will get a handful. And when you've got three, four players scoring 10, 15 goals, that replaces your 20-goal season striker. Hmm. Excellent. Um, let's look at look at other teams in the uh, in the Premier League. Uh, Spurs brought in Emerson Royal, but the big thing for Spurs clearly is keeping Harry Kane, who's uh, who said he'll stay for the summer. No guarantees about January, though, is there? No, um, and I, I don't think he'll go in January either. I think we've covered that to death already, but I can't see him going in a hurry. Emerson Royal, I will admit, I know absolutely nothing about. I thought Tottenham's... I know Tottenham spent a lot of time dealing with uh, Harry Kane, but I think that this window is another one which has just floated past Tottenham, um, sadly for them. They've not really improved their squad. Even on transfer deadline day, you sign a right-back that kind of plays back up to your two options, Tanganga and Doherty, like... I don't think they're going to be in European competition next season. Can we... Uh, I sorry, I, was just going to say, I wouldn't say they haven't done any bit, bit of business. I think Brian Gill's a decent young player who's replaced Lamella, who was always a bit touch and go. Uh, Romero's come in, and I think he's a massive improvement on Eric Dier. I mean, let's be honest, Dier, 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 whatever you want to call him. Um, I, think, I think that's a big improvement. But, yeah, no, overall, they've not done too much. Um... Uh, looking at clubs that uh, possibly needed to uh, spend a bit of money uh, to improve, uh, let's look at Arsenal's window. They brought in this window: Ben White, Odegaard, Ramsdale, Lukonga, Tavares, 
Beareth from Fulham and uh, Tomiyasu from Bologna. They've laid out, they, he splashed out a fair amount of money. Has he got a good return for that as uh, Michael, Michael Arteta? The results, Dan, do you want to go with that one first? Yeah, I, I, I think what Arsenal are trying to do, and they've changed their philosophy of transfers, they've spent a lot of time signing older players that are being let go or not wanted by other big clubs, William, David Luiz, blah de blah Alexis Sanchez was the same, Mesut Ozil. So what they're trying to do is transition to younger players that they think have potential. And I don't, as much as I want to laugh at them, I don't think this season is when we judge this window. I think it's two years' time, next year maybe, when we can turn around and say, right, Ben White was successful, when Aaron Ramsdale's in goal, when Lukonga is starting every game, Tavares is their left back. <coughs> I think that's the what they're moving it's a more longer term solution they've gone yeah, with here right. when they tried when they tried short term and they were bringing in William and David Luiz it wasn't working so fair play to them if they have switched it they, I'm not sure this, if it is them switching their technique or if it's desperation but one or the other Ryan what do you think the only, of one, the only one I think we can judge is Martin Odegaard um, that they've signed permanently now because obviously they had him last season but he, he's, he, if if the stats I've read are correct, he assisted two, scored one for for the whole time he was there. That's not good enough. And when they signed him permanently, I was a bit, I was I was a bit perplexed as to why because he, he didn't set the world on fire for me. He's not been an outstanding player. And as we've talked about, the English kids that they've brought into the squad, like uh, Smith Rowe and Saka, have, have performed better than anyone they seem to have brought in from other clubs. Okay. Uh, moving on to Villa, who got the £100 million for Jack Grealish from Man City and spent it almost... Oh, well, they'd already started spending it before they'd actually got it. Uh, Buendia from Norwich, Danny Ings from, from Southampton, Leon Bailey. Uh, though that, tri- that trio there, £100 million worth. They've also added Alex Young, on uh, uh, Ashley Young on a free. Uh, Axel Twanzeeb, Man United player on loan, and Caleb... Chuck Wamika from uh, Northampton at 300,000, the player they're looking to the future. They released a hell of a load of players, uh, younger players. The, 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 the only one really that uh, uh, Tom Heaton's gone to Man United on the, uh, the keeper on loan. But um, got the 100 million in and invested it wisely. Uh, do, do, are they in a better position? I think possibly they are. And I'll tell you why, because they're not centred around one man. They're, they're, they've looked, they, they've bought some good players. They're Danny Ings, they've got the goal scorer that's going to get them their goals. Uh, they've got a half-decent defence of Esri Consul and Tyrone Mings, haven't they? And a couple of youngsters. And also, uh, but they've they spent that £100 million. They haven't just walloped it out on just one player. And, and they've improved the squad and the first team at the same time. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree, I think um, they've, they, I really, I don't want to say pleased, but whatever the term is, impressed, I guess, with, with their business. They sold Graylish. They replaced Graylish with, Two players, effectively, with Bailey and Buendia. <coughs> They've yeah. already got a goal scorer in Ollie Watkins, but uh, much like a lot of other teams, like Tottenham and other teams, if Ollie Watkins gets injured, they had no one. They've now got Danny Ings, so they've got two strikers. They might play them together. They might play one. I don't know. Oh, they, then, might put said, Danny, they might put um, um, they might put uh, Watkins Ollie Watkins on. out to the left or the right, exactly. out on the wide, which I think they would do. And then, obviously, we were talking about how good Man United centre-backs and how good the defence had to be. To have two and Zabi as your protection if Mings or Konza both get injured, that good business. Ashley Young, former Villa player, can play left back, right back, fast experience right options. Probably going to be vice captain. I'm assuming. 
I think their window has been fantastic. Personally. A lot of experience on that pitch for Villa as well by bringing in uh, someone like Ashley Young. It's his second spell at the club. Now, Brentford, um, so far, I mean, they've had a great start to the season, um, uh, especially, well, I mean, at the moment, we look at the Arsenal think, yeah, it's no big deal. They've beaten Arsenal. But they brought in uh, Aja Onyeka, uh, uh, Visa and Pert Harris. Quite So they've... they've They've not pushed the boat out. They've improved. But you you were impressed, weren't you, Dan, that they are a good footballing side anyway and they've been building to, towards the Premier League for a few years. Yeah, I mean, that's but that's the thing we were, we were saying at the, the previous podcast. They're a side that have played good football and managed to replace what they lose and replenish quite quickly. They lost Ben Rama and they've still managed to come up. Um, Onyeka, I think, is injured at the minute. But Christopher Ajar has been someone that I've been a big fan of for mm. a while. Um, the also the other one I'm, I quite like from Chelsea called Miles Peter Harris. I'm not sure how much we'll see him this year, but I think that's good business for the future for Brentford. Um, I, I'm intrigued by Brentford to see what they can get up to. Uh, I think they'll stay up um, because just because that style of football, as you said, it's, it looked Premier League ready. I think, you'll, uh, Pete, you'll agree that when Cholton were in the league, you could watch a team at the top of the Championship and you could see where they were going to make that step to the Premier League. Yeah. And you could see the team would go up and maybe struggle. Brentford looked a class above of everyone else. I remember us watching Cardiff thinking, if you go up, you're not going to be fantastic. Yeah. When we played when we played Brentford even two years ago when they missed out in the playoffs, they looked Premier League ready then. Yeah. And obviously they lost the they were, final. They were Fulham, that much. They, looked it. they were a cut above your average. They were way above your uh, uh, a, a good they were better than a good championship side and they just seemed to have, uh, techni- technically speaking as well, they had players with technique they, they, and half of it is having the desire and the team spirit that I've seen so many times. You need that, but you need that. That's not enough. You need the um, uh, the ability as well and the, the technique. As you look at Sheffield United, first season they were up, they had that first good season. There was a bit, the technique was there, it wasn't 100%, but the other thing there was the team spirit, and once Chris, uh, uh, and once things started to happen behind the scenes, that team spirit drained away, and that was that little percentage they needed to stay up, and it went, and and, and you look at them now, and down the bottom of the championship, and you start fearing from uh, Ryan. I, th- I think the thing that suits them very well is, as we've talked about their business model in the past, everything they do is very considered, so every signing they make is very considered, so they haven't gone bananas and gone, right, we're in the Premier League. We're going to sign a bunch of old superstars that are going to light up the world for a season or whatever. They've, cons- they've stuck to the model that they've got. So hopefully their signings, although they haven't made too many, should stand them instead going forwards. Brighton really didn't spend a lot. They spent around about £33.5 million. I don't think they've done enough really what do, what do you think about Brighton uh, Mawepo Mitoma um, and Sherpin are the ones that stand out uh, oh and there's um, uh, Cucurella yeah Cucurella yeah um, they, they still need someone to be bring, banging in 20 goals a season that's the one thing they lack isn't it really they've got Mopai who will score goals for them he's not going to get you 20 um, is he I don't think they might need someone else around I mean He'll get you a decent amount, but as you said, he needs someone a bit more. I think that's uh, they signed Jeremy um, Samiento, who actually came through Charlton's academy, so we'll claim that one. Um, who I think I don't know if he started for them. And Abdullah Abdullah Sima, who they signed quite late on from Slavia Prague, yeah, had a good record for goals coming off the the side in um, 
in what country? Slavia, Prague, in, uh, Switzerland? No, Czech Republic. Czech, Czech Republic. Czechia, yeah. <laughs> um, at the moment there. So hope, they'll be hoping that he, he'll get in as well. And I think they also brought in a Japanese winger as well, but I don't know a lot about him. Carol Mitoma from uh, Kawasaki Frontal for an undisclosed fee. I don't like undisclosed fee. He's uh, got tw- he scored 21 goals in 40 <laughs> games. Uh, in the Japanese league, yeah. Hmm. yeah let's, yeah, yeah. Uh, Burnley, Wayne Hennessy on a free uh, as cover because Tom Heaton's gone out. Uh, Nathan Collins for 12 million. Uh, Maxwell Cornet from Lyon for 15. Aaron Lennon as a free. Uh, Connor Roberts as a defender. Uh, at five million, it's a good little bit of business that Connor Roberts, isn't it, for Burnley? Connor, uh, Connor Roberts, international uh, for two point five, two point five million pounds is what Sky Sports are reporting. And he's that, a Welsh international. Mind you, having said um, that, Chris Gunter's a Welsh international, so I mean it could mean yeah, anything. Precisely. Really. Um, Maxwell Cornet, uh, Cornet, I guess is uh, someone that I don't know a lot about recently, but used to be tipped for quite good things. He was a left back for Leon, but I think Burnley plan to play him a little bit forward but it's the most Burnley transfer window ever isn't it you bring in a few <laughs> yeah. a few players for the championship one foreigner too much, and go for yeah. it Ryan what do you think of Burnley's business I think they've done some good solid business I'm quite a fan of Nathan Collins as well I think he's a good young prospect he's done alright at Stoke so it's time to take the step up and replace Ben Gibson, who's, who's gone to Norwich, which was uh, a bit of a surprise because I remember Ben Gibson being rated quite highly when he was at Middlesbrough and then disappeared as soon as he moved to Burnley. So hopefully he works out as well at his new club. Um, but I think it's typical Burnley, like Dan said, it's solid business in a, tra- in, in a transfer window to keep them up. Uh, Chelsea uh, spent £98 million. And I'll say, you'll say, well, how can they afford that? Well, simple. They sold Tammy Abraham for 34, Kurt Zuma for 30, Tamori for 25, uh, Gui for 18 million pounds, Zappa Costa for eight, uh, Livramento's gone for five, Victor Moses four and a half. It all adds up. That's about 120, 130 million pounds worth they, they've, sh- they've got in. And they've, and they've got, as well as Lukaku, big thing, big signing that for me. Uh, Bettinelli on a free from Fulham and uh, Saul Niguez from Atletico Madrid. So a decent window for Chelsea that I think we all agree sort of pushes them a little bit more with that, that goal score. I mean, I know you were, some of you were the other week having a bit of a, a dig about their style, how they're going to play Lukaku, but. Ryan, what do you want to say here? Well, I'm just uh, talking about the sheer amount of, of transfers that have left Chelsea to start off with. Talk about trimming your wage budget. They've uh, released or sold up to 39 players, if, if what I'm reading is correct. The Saul Niggas one I, I, quite surprised me. I, a lot of people are talking about him playing in midfield, but I've got a funny feeling they might play him in the back three because I've seen him play at the back for Atletico Madrid in the past. And uh, he's done quite well there. And I think he's the ball player that maybe they might use. So I don't necessarily think it's going to be used in midfield. Uh, I do think they're going to be right up there. And I think we've got a four-horse race for the title this year. Right. Uh, Dan, anything to add on Chelsea? Nothing to do with their ins necessarily. I think their ins, as we've covered, are fantastic. There's a few outs I'm a little bit disappointed with. Uh, we've discussed for Kaio Tomori before. Um, actually felt that he was one of their best defenders above Christiansen and, and Rudiger. But fine. Um, the lad that joined Palace, I don't want to say he's too good because he's at Palace, but I was a fan of Mark. I don't, can't pronounce his last name, so I'm not going to bother. Gooey, yeah, gooey. And, and Tammy Abraham is a goal scorer, and it mind boggles me that he's gone and Timo Werner is still at the club. So 
apart from that, I mean, the ins, as, as you covered, the ins are fantastic. Romelu Lukaku and Saul make huge improvements to the squad. Marcus Bettinelli ticks a box, tick, ticks the British homegrown as a backup keeper, doesn't he? So, all yeah. in all, a good window for them. All right, Crystal Palace. Well, um, Conor okay. Gallagher are on loan from Chelsea uh, has had an impact already. A couple of goals at the weekend. Um, uh, Jacob Manderson, Gooey, Elise, uh, Jacob Montes, Remy Matthews on a free. Will Hughes, six million. Nathan Klein. Nathan Klein's a good bit of business, I think. Uh, Jack O'Brien from Cork City and Odson Edward from uh, Celtic. What do we think um, Palace needed to? Because they got rid of the old guard, all the old campaigners. Uh, and really, Dan, do you want to go first without abusing them too much, you know? I won't abuse them. I'll put on a neutral hat. I'll try to anyway. Go on. There's, I find, I'm splitting half about this. I think their business is good. Their manager, I have no no faith in um, because of his previous management abroad. He's never been in England before. I'm concerned in their squad in general. I feel they've made a good step. Gallagher, as you covered, is a fantastic <laughs> sign-in. I like Will Hughes. I've just spoke about Mark uh, Gooey. Edward, yeah, if he plays like he did at Celtic, I think he'll chip in with more goals than Benteke did, which I know isn't hard, but fine. Well, no, I think I'd score more than Benteke, let's be and, honest. Uh, I, and Joachim Anderson, I felt, was Fulham's best player when they were struggling last season. So I think it's not bad business, but um, I, I, I still worry for them if I was, a, if I was, and I'm very glad I'm not, a Palace fan. Ryan? I think the, uh, is it Odison Edward? I keep getting yeah. his name wrong. Yeah. I think that's the big one that shocked me. Uh, I think I'm surprised that he's gone to Crystal Palace because I think he's a level above Crystal Palace. Uh, Palace haven't had a goal scorer in years no. um, because they've had Benteke. Um, I think with uh, Eze and Wilfred Zaha fit feeding Edward, I think that could be quite interesting. I'm still tipping them to go down. I think they might make a bit more of a fight with it than they did beforehand, before they had, before they signed Edward. Yeah, that hurts. Mm. Right, Everton. Well, they've spent one point seven million. That's what they spent. Uh, Damari Gray from Bayer Leverkusen. They've got Townsend, Begovic from Bournemouth in goal, Andy Lonergan from West Brom, and Salomon Rondon on a free. Um, they've hardly pushed the boat out, have they, Everton? But they've got they've got a new stadium to build, haven't they? What year are they playing football manager in? They're they're about four years on from when they should be fired off these players. Yeah. I think they're playing FM sixteen. <laughs> I think I I think I think they could they could have a tough old time. They've got Benitez who knows what he's doing. But uh they're in a sort of a, a Newcastle phase, aren't they, really? Even Newcastle spent more money than them. Uh, Ryan. <laughs> um I actually think that they're going to do all right. As long as they keep picking up results, uh, I think it'll be okay. I think it's when they're losing uh, results, I think it's going to turn toxic very quick because obviously Rafa's passed. But yeah. I'm going to give them a shout out for bargain buy of the transfer window because Go I think on. Damari Gray at £1.6 million, pounds, uh, I think it's a bargain because he's come on, he's played free. I think he's scored free. I think he's assisted one. And to get, uh, I think he's quite quick and pacey. I think he's a massive improvement on what they've had out wide previously. And it's 1.7 million quid. Dan? Also, um, in the last podcast, when, no, when was the podcast we did the season preview? Whenever that was, we discussed Everton's lack of depth. Rondon, Elise's depth. They've got someone else that has played in the league and has scored not a massive amount, but has scored goals. So 
Raf has brought his adopted child back to to follow him back to Everton. Managers um, do seem to have um, adopted souls. Harry Redknapp had Nico Crankshaw that followed him everywhere, didn't he? And Peter Crouch. And Peter Crouch, yeah. Oh, and Jermaine Defoe. And Jermaine Defoe, yeah. And Hammer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's, There's uh, another one, wasn't there? Uh, let's look at Leeds. Daniel James from Man United, uh, Junior oh, Furpo, oh, Lewis Bate, Jack Harrison. I was very surprised with the Daniel James move. I, 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 I'd, uh, um, he's still a youngster. He's still fairly young, and I think they've done a bit of a zaha here. They've had him in for a couple of years, if that, and thought, yeah, they've just decided well, we're not going to stick with him. We're going to go out and buy something instead. Just let Ryan go at this point. Yeah, Ryan, Daniel oh. James. It's a good signing for Leeds. I'm I'm devastated, honestly. He's one of my top. He's one of my favourite players at Man. Well, was one of my favourite players at Man United, along with Scott McTominay. I, I understand why they've done it. They've they've received a very good offer. We're heavily stacked in the wide areas uh, with Rashford, Martial, Greenwood plays out there. You, you name it, we've got loads of them. Um, but I, I'm disappointed. I think he's a great lad. He's got a fantastic attitude. He's Got great talent. Uh, I think he gives everything that he can when he's on the pitch, unlike someone like Martial. Or Fred. Um, Well, I I think Fred tries. I just don't think it's the natural talents there. Um, I would have rather have seen Martial go than James go. Um, But I wish him well, and I hope it's a massive success for him. Because like I said, I've sat and listened to him talk a lot. And he's a smashing lad, and he's got he does have talent, despite what people say about him, because they seem to think he's some sort of Man United flop. But I think he's I, I think he's a really good lad with great talent, and uh, I think he offers us something. He offered us something different out wide to what we actually had. But yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I was... my disappointment with Leeds is they haven't sold their striker to the Championship, which is where he belongs, Patrick Bamford. Uh, Dan, what have you got to say? Two things. First thing is, if you haven't seen Daniel James's uh, picture and video when he welcomes to Leeds, I've never seen a player look so upset making a transfer. <laughs> and the second one is, they signed a left-back from Barcelona, Junior Firpo, who I think would actually probably start for Barcelona if they didn't have Jordi Alba. I really like him. He's played really well for Barcelona when he's featured, and I think he'll do well for Leeds. OK, moving on to Leicester. Sumari from Lille. Uh, Yannick Vestergaard, not a bad signing. Uh, Patson Dacca from Red Bull. Ryan Bertrand, at uh, squad player, surely. And uh, on loan, Adamola Lookman. Uh, what do we think about that? Dan, do you want to talk about that? Because I'm pretty sure you're going to bow down to the feet of uh, the temple that is Adamola Lookman. I'm just glad he's back in the Premier League because I felt that he did well for Fulham in a... In a in a bad Fulham side. Yeah, yeah. Um I don't I don't see him starting for Leicester to be honest, but it'd just be nice to, to see him. Again, Leicester are another team. People have always said they haven't got depth. They've signed Dacker to add as a third striker. Yeah. Bertrand is a solid left back. Vestergaard as a centre back and Lookman on the wing. they they're getting the depth that we've been saying they needed to, to to fight for that top four. I think it's unlikely they'll get the top four, but at least they've got the depth in the squad. I think well, Leicester, it's very sad. Uh, Wes Morgan, the skipper who lifted the title, is retired. And the player that's gone, he was he hasn't featured much in the last couple of years, but he's a real character. Christian Fuchs has gone to Charlotte FC on a free. Uh, a good player, but a, a genuine character. Uh, a German with a sense of humour, very rare. Um, let's move on from Leicester to Liverpool. One in, Ibrahima Kanati for £36 million. Uh, Shakiri's gone. Wine Aldams uh, getting rid of Wine Aldam on a free. Uh, has he gone a season too early? Because I thought he was a fairly decent member of their side. What do we think? 
Dan. He 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 turned down a. They they offered him quite a few deals. He just wanted to move on. He just wanted I to think move he on. he made a comment uh, in an interview not long after he left, saying that he felt the fans. Um, if when he made a comment along the lines of "When we lose, it was always my fault." Um, so I think he felt like he needed a fresh start, which is fair enough if that's what you think. Uh, yeah, and plus, he's gone to PSG, where he's going to be getting a lot of money. Yes, uh, Ryan, you've got not, clearly got nothing to add on that one. Have you um, <laughs> uh, on the on the Wijnaldum thing? From what I've also heard is, I think when they offered him an extension, I don't think it was anywhere near the terms he was expecting or currently on. I think they actually tried to undercut him because of his age. Um, but I think they've got good youngsters in Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones. I'm, I, I really like Curtis Jones. So uh, I, I think they'll be all right. And I think they've got everybody back and fit. So I, I think they'll be up there again. OK, Man City. Well, we, I think we've uh, we've dealt with Man City as well, haven't we, in previous weeks? Um, and Manchester United. So we can gloss over those. Newcastle, uh, Joe Willock. There you go. I'll leave it there. Joe Willock. Uh, a couple of an undisclosed Charlie Wiggett, Remy Savage, Cameron Ferguson and Santiago Munez. Munoz. No, not Nunes. It's not the lad who was in the film Goal, is it? Have they got that desperate? They signed the lad from Goal. No, I it had to Google like that. I had to Google it because I thought it was the same name. But either yeah. way, we could, do you want us to start singing goodbye to Newcastle now or should we wait I, a few months? I, I think so. I think I think there's every possibility that um, Newcastle will go this year. Um, I think they're done. I, I, I didn't think it at the beginning, but I've, I've, I said this on the previous pod. Dan tipped them to go down and looking at it. I can't see him getting any better. And I don't even think they're going to sack Steve Bruce. I think because Ashley doesn't want to pay a penny for anyone going in or going out. I, I, I don't think they're even going to sack Bruce and they'll just go. The sooner that club sold for the team's sake, the better, isn't it, really? Um, yeah. Norwich took got in £40 million for Bonita and they spent it on uh, Christos Zolis from POAK, Rashika from Word of Bremen, Billy Gilmore on loan, uh, Josh Sargent, Ben Gibson... Uh, Angus Gunn they've brought a lot of players in they've built a squad have they improved the first team and that's the key thing from them from the last time they were in the Premier League Ryan I don't think they I have. really like their business I, I actually think yeah. they have um, they've signed a really talented goalkeeper in Angus Gunn uh, I think he's a very yeah. good goalkeeper they've got uh, Bradley <sighs> Willi- Brandon Williams from Man United who's a very good fullback he's quite tenacious and quite feisty I think that'll do well They've got uh, Kabak, who I believe was on loan at Liverpool last year as a yeah. centre-half. They've tried to resurrect Ben Gibson's uh, career as well. And they've signed Billy Gilmore, who we've seen at Chelsea, is a real talent. So I quite like it. I think they've got a nice, decent squad with decent strength. I still don't think it'll keep them up. But no, I, 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 don't, I, I don't think they'll stay up. I still think they're going down. Um Southampton have not impressed me, really. Adam Armstrong, 15 million. Liveramento, Thierry Small from Everton. Uh, Daniel Simu from Chelsea. And a, uh, Broja, Theo Walker on a free. Uh, Southampton's, <laughs> it's the out is the big one for me. What's, what are you tittering about? I don't like tittering. Don't like any coach. Yeah, Walker. Premier League bubbler. Yes, discuss. Um, their business, because uh, their big problem is they've lost Danny, An- Dan- Danny Ings and they're taking a gamble on Adam Armstrong, haven't they, really? They've lost 20 goals a season from Danny Ings and a quality striker and have uh, replaced them with uh, a gamble. Yes? Agree or I, not? Yeah, no, I agree. And my other concern is that I know Michael Obafemi wasn't necessarily like a goal-scoring striker, but did a job for them. They sold him as well on the last day of the window. I want to say to Swansea, 
and it's left their strike force of Shay Adams, Adam Armstrong, and Shane Long. That, no, that's it's, it's uh, not good enough. That's, that's just not going to score your goals, is it? No. Uh, I, I genuinely believe they could struggle without Danny Ings' goals. I think it's going to make life really tough for them. To be honest, I don't think they're going to replace those goals very easily. And I think things. It might be interesting to sit down in October and go through who's going where, you know, and look at where what we predicted, Ryan. I'm actually going to stick up for Adam Armstrong. I reckon he'll do all right at Southampton. They play decent football. He's, he's a good finisher. He always has been since a kid. He was highly rated at Newcastle and he's moved about a bit. I reckon he'll get them 15 goals this year and, and I reckon he'll keep them up. Okay. If he stays fit. Spurs, uh, big thing, keeping hold of um, your man Kane. Okay. Christian we'll Romero, that, Brian yeah. Gill, uh, Gillini and Remison Royal. We spoke. We really spoke about it for Spurs, haven't we? I think. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Watford. Wow, Watford. Troy Deeney's gone to Birmingham on a freebie. Um, Birmingham. They've lost Will Hughes, but they signed uh, Danny Rose, Josh King. They've just signed a hat full of players. Um, no one Josh really King. stands out. They've signed a lot of players, I think. But have they have they done enough to stay up this season? Uh, Dan's rocking backwards and forwards, and I suspect he's going to give his verdict now. Uh, so I, I predicted them not to stay up just because their business was a lot of unknown for me. Emmanuel Dennis, who scored on the opening game, I don't know a lot about. We discussed Danny Rose, Josh King at the beginning of the season. Musa Sissoko is a bizarre signing. I wouldn't touch him regardless. Um, but I genuinely think Watford's season comes down to how good Ishmael Assar produces. If Ishmael Assar produces, Watford stay up, in my opinion. But okay. yeah, the transfer window wasn't great, in my opinion, for them. Okay. I've had a terrible window, and I think they're going straight down again. I said that before. Uh, West Ham have lost uh, Philippe Anderson, uh, Balbuena, a few others, but they've brought in Vlasic uh, and uh, Ariola. They've got some. And Kral from Spartak Moscow, Kurt Zuma. There's some decent signings there, isn't there, for for West for uh, West Ham? Do we think? Yeah, I think West Ham have have really improved their squad. Um, with good options: Zuma, Vlasic. There's also another one they brought in from Spartak Moscow, Alex Kral, midfielder Ariola as a backup keeper. I'm assuming. And as you said, they got rid of some of their deadwood. Anderson and um, who's the other lad you said? It's gone. Uh, you said someone else. Yeah, uh, Fabian Babuena. There's yeah. some stuff that, that that was hanging in the squad from a few years back. They're they're shifting them on. And I actually think when I said I don't know if they could part, you know, push back to the top seven again, based on what they look like early on, why not? Right. Antonio's finally... got to stay fit though. Got yeah. to stay fit. He has to, yeah. Finally, Wolves uh brought in uh Ryan Eight Nuri, Yerson Mosquera, Francisco Trincao. He Ching Huang and Jose Saar. Uh Joe Hodge, Laurie, Louis Molden from Man City in a free and uh Bendigas Bolla. I can sum up Watford's window in a few words. Wolves, um, you mean. Wolves, sorry, whatever. I said Watford and I meant Wolves. Uh if you wanted to know how they thought of their window, they tried to sign Kiefer Moore in the last minute of the transfer window. Um that should explain that they clearly feel they should have improved because Kiefer Moore is not an improvement, is he, to a Premier League squad? No, 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 really. I said, I, I said in the season pod, in the season preview, that I was worried about Wolves. I'm even more worried about them now with the transfer business they've done. They've gone in the opposite direction. We're used to Wolves signing quality players like ne- uh, I can't pronounce his name. Neves, is it? Neves, yeah, uh, yeah. Neves and uh, Moutinho and 
uh, Rui Patricio, and now we've gone completely the opposite way to where we're trying to get a, play, a striker from Cardiff. Have a word, they're in trouble. It's the uh, Football Thunders episode seven, of course, brought to you by the Proper Blokes Club, uh, our sponsor this week. Don't forget to go follow them on uh, on the website www.theproperblokesclub.co.uk or find them on Facebook. Uh, if you are struggling, uh, a bloke, and you are, or, or even if you're a woman or you're struggling with mental health, don't keep it to yourself, for goodness sakes. As the, I think the three of us quite cheerfully would testify, it, it's good to talk. Uh, and Absolutely. To, and, uh, and the Proper Blokes Club is a great way to do it. You go for a walk with Peter, with fellow, uh, with, with 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 just some nice people. You go out for a walk and you have a nice walk. And you can talk about your problems or you can just talk about something else. But you're getting a bit of air and you're just meeting different people and it'll do your mental health the world of good. Uh, look after your mental health. It's like uh, looking after your, your, not your, your physical health. You need to look after it. So don't be, a, but most of all, Find someone you can talk to. It's key. It's absolutely key. Uh, right. Um, let's have a look at... Uh, as Charlton fans, Dan and I, usually the transfer window is a period of, oh, my God, here we go again. I mean, we had the, the disaster a, a couple of years ago, a year or 18 months ago with our, uh, I'll say, owner. Uh, he didn't own a penny of it. He just built himself a Range Rover. Uh yeah, no, Knowing full well we were under transfer embargo, posted a photograph of um, all the snacks ready for a busy transfer deadline day. Knowing full well they couldn't sign anyone. So to go into a, tra- a transfer... get Aidan McGeady. Oh, yeah, wow. Uh, but to go into a transfer window as a Charlton fan and actually see some signings, Harry Arter, great bit of business, great bit of business for me. And uh, Dan's most, I think, just want to give Dan a chance to just um, bow down at the uh, feet of Jonathan Lecco because the reaction we got from him when I said Lecco was, was signing was uh, was a joy. Good the, window. The, the, the Jonathan Lecco thing, he's a player that at times frustrated me in the championship because... Every time he got on the ball, there was a spark in him and the team. It was just that sometimes he didn't necessarily move to get on the ball. However, we're now in League One, and I think he's going to he'll rip be playing a new one. And I also think he's going to be playing up front. And I Next think he's going to rip. And I think he's going to rip the League One a whole new, 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 new one, isn't he? Really, let's be honest. The, the, the difference in League One Championship is not massive. The one area where I don't know if you'll agree, but I think there's a difference is the centre backs. From League One to the Championship, it's very difficult to make that step. If defenders in League One are not going to enjoy Jonathan Lecco running at them, no, if we not. can get Stockley winning the ball down and have Lecco and Kirk and Washington around him, as you said, Harry Arter in the midfield, that's that sounds good to me. And right. see, then we Sam Lavelle as well from Morecambe, yeah. who was a, a club legend after being there about three years, from what I'm told. So uh, fingers crossed. Okay, before we we start looking at the international break, uh, the international England's game the other night against Hungary, <coughs> let's uh, can we just give people the email address? We lo- we value your opinions. Send us an email if you disagree with us. Go for it. Tell us it. How do they? How, where do they email us, Dan? It's footballfunderspod at gmail dot com. We're also on Twitter f footballfunders ff funders podcast. Yep. And then, so you can get in touch anyway. Uh, make sure you hit us up. Okay, okay, excellent, excellent. Uh, England in action last night, World Cup qualifier. I'd forgotten we'd already played some qualifiers already, haven't we? 
Um, and uh, well, half time was nil nil, and uh, you're thinking, oh, it's England, here we go again. It's going to be a, a sneaky one nil, four nil, four nil, and a good second half performance from England. Uh, who wants to open up on this one first, uh, Dan? Yeah, uh, I just to say it was four nil, but Harry Kane missed about three sitters, so arguably should have been more. Um, I, I actually do want to let Ryan make a comment before that he made to me before I come back to him. So I'll let Ryan make the comment he made to me about what happens at halftime in Eng- with England. So I'll let him do that. Come on in, Ryan. Well, what happens at halftime at England? Well, no, I, me and Dan were talking about this last night when the game was going on. And my curiosity is, is surrounding Gareth Southgate's tactics. Are his tactics to bore us to death and the opposition to death and then unleash the team at halftime? I'll because- tell you what. Uh, right, okay. Uh, There's my theory. Um, keep it tight at the back. Don't concede anything. Uh, but if you watch, uh, when England won the Rugby World Cup, I know it's a different sport, but England would do the... They were boring to watch. And they wouldn't play the expansive rugby until they were in a position to do so. So they would win all the, the, the penalties. And Johnny Wilkins, Johnny Williamson would kick the goals. And he would kick goal after point, after point, after point. And we bore the life out of them. And then the last 20 minutes with a 10, 20-point lead, we'd open up on them. Uh, is it the same thing? Is Dan? I said to Ryan, my comeback when he asked me that is to think Gareth Southgate's a reactional manager. So he sets his team up. They play 45 minutes. They look at what the opponent does. And then at halftime, he gets in with his assistant, which is Steve Holland. Yes? Steve Holland, yeah, yeah. And... Um, the, the new guy, Chris Powell, and the new guy that replaced Graham Jones, and I can't remember yeah. his name. Uh, they get in, they look at what they can change towards the first half. They go in, they say to the boys, "This is what we're doing in the second half." And nine times out of ten, in the most, barring the final against Italy, and obviously the game in Ukraine when it was already won pretty much at halftime, he makes the changes, and that seems to be it. like today. It happened, I think, against Poland at Wembley too where Harry Kane scored two in the second half. We just kind of come on and it changed the game. And So the, the first half, keep again. it tight, don't concede any. If we can nick a goal, brilliant. But let's assess and then come in at half-time, then we'll change things around and then we'll rip the living daylights out of these people. Pretty much yeah. what happened yesterday. Uh, Ryan's hungry. not happy with that. So, da, 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 Ryan. Just, just no, before Ryan makes his comment, sorry, Ryan, I just want to say, um, there's a lot of people just saying, oh, we've been hungry 4-0. Was it matter? Hungry... Had a great Euros. They had a great Euros, had beaten Portugal twice in qualifiers to get to that Euros with the same squad. So I think credit won't be given to the English team and the tactics, but I think it should do when you think that they've taken Portugal to two wins and a draw at the Euros and and held France and Germany. And to only lose 4-0 yesterday, despite not playing Loic Nego, I think that's going some. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, because... I don't know. Maybe it's just me because I was brought up on football under the Alex Ferguson era of basically, there you go, play football, attack, attack, attack. You can't and do that. I, well, no. The, like I said, maybe that that's me. Maybe I'm just like, my interest in football is just direct, fast, attacking football. And with England, all you see is sideways, forward, back, sideways, 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 forward, back. I mean, we saw a, an example of, I think, where England are going wrong. Because Italy did something similar in, in uh, the Euros. But what they did have is someone like Insigne who would get the ball after it had gone from one side. They'd switch it quickly instead of slowly, which is what England do. And they'd switch it quickly, give it to Insigne, and then he'd be like, right, I'm going to have the defence. And then he'd beat two people and knock one in the top corner. 
Uh, I, it just frustrates me because we have the talent to do that. Sorry, did you but see the goals? Doing it. Did you not see the goals yes, England scored? I, I did ball see out goals, wide they... to Grealish. Grealish does the work. Brilliant yes, that ball was out. Second half. Yeah, exactly. That's what but, I'm talking about. Yeah, and yeah, Dan's that's what I'm talking yeah, about. You're, yeah, yeah, and you're coming from, as you said, a diet of Man United where it's attack, 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 attack. You, you're not going to yeah, do that in international saying. football. That's not going to happen. And that's not the manager's style. The manager's style is, and I think Dan's right, is he watches the first half and then makes the changes to win the game. But I think what Ryan says is true. We have the players that we probably could go early on yeah. and, and, and make the break, which is not always great, I think. But leave your, But as you said, Hungary are are not a bad side, and they are, they love love a counter attack. You go bombing at them in the first half; they're going to hit you on the counter, aren't they? But surely that's the, for me anyway. That's the reason I would say why he plays the two defensive midfielders. Mm. No, why he plays Phillips and Rice for that defensive covering. That, so you can send as much as I don't want Carl Walker at right back in an England team. Um, I'd much prefer Trent or Aaron Wambasaka, but Wambasaka is going to go play for Congo now. So good luck to him. Um, but you have Shaw and the right back, whoever you choose to push on. You have the four players back that can still hold a line. And because the most annoying thing for me is Harry Kane drops deep. That's what he likes to do. Yeah. And whoever sits in the 10, it was Mason Mount in the first half yesterday was not supporting him. In the second half, Mount was supporting him and it worked. Uh, why can't we do that from the start every now and then? So I do get Ryan's point, but I also, we know what Southgate does. He does wait and change things when he thinks it's ready. Right. Um, I, I don't want to push him too hard. I was going to say, all I'm going to say is like dur- during the first half, Mason Mount was joining Luke Shaw and Graylish out on the left. We were completely lopsided. We were just moving from one side of the pitch to the other. We've got players capable of moments of genius. So why are, what, uh, is it another case of these players in the first half are being coached too much and someone needs to take a little no. bit of initiative? And see an opportunity and take it. I think you've got to take into the tactics are there, but you also need to take into these. Some of these players are young and don't have the experience. And as they get better, and I think Roy Keane, oh, I, uh, who I don't think should be commentating on uh, uh, making comments on international games because he walked out in his nation. Um, but Roy Keane did make a point that that they're not seeing some of the early balls and uh, and it's just down to their lack of experience. And that will come. The last Euros, they'll learn, they'll have learned a huge amount from the Euros. They'll have learned a lot from the game against uh, against Hungary. It's a work in progress, and there and there are some very inexperienced players in that England team. Patrick uh, Bamford. And uh, let's not go there. I mean, no, don't. I thought at one stage, I saw Jordan Henderson standing up to come on and I thought it was Bamford and I was starting, starting to hurl things at the telly. I wasn't impressed. Uh, You'll play Sunday. It, it's Andorra. I, should, I could play against Andorra, but let's be honest. It's San Marino. Is it, is it San Marino? I thought it was Andorra. It doesn't matter. Andorra, San Marino, anyone like that. Give a, why were we... No. Why is Mason Green... Mason Greenwood is 10 times the player that Bamford is. Where is Mason Greenwood? Still being told off. We went... For, I think we discussed this. I don't want to go too much into it. But I think he's still in Gareth Southgate's bad books for his two... No, antics. no, no. He was going to be in the Euro squad, but he was injured. He, they, they arrested him for the... You know. So he, he considered him... And Bamford was nowhere near. Suddenly, Bamford's number one. I'm not having it, No. Uh, Ryan, what do you think? Well, as a Man United fan, I'm quite happy with the way they're treating Green, uh, Greenwood at the moment because it means he gets a bit of a break. We've seen, we saw what happened to Michael Owen. They played him to death in his younger years. He got a couple of injuries and he was never the same player. Again, don't want that happening to Mason Greenwood. 
I just think personally from England, it frustrates me that we've got so much individual talent in that team. And it, I, I just think we, we should be moving the ball quicker and maybe being a little bit braver as, 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 as the game wears on. And also, I think their goalkeeper chucked two in the net. Um, uh, yeah, Harry Kane, Mr. Couple. Uh, Ryan, you were quite scathing about one player in particular, Ryan Sterling. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll just Ryan put this Sterling, out there. Yeah. Ryan Raheem, Sterling. Raheem, Raheem Sterling. <laughs> I will just say here, here and now, uh, who's got the most goals at the Euros for England? Right. But let but, me yeah. let me make my point because Dan um, actually, I think Dan agrees with me on this one. I I think Sterling is overrated. I think he's a one-dimensional player. I think he he turns over possession too much because he drives down blind alleys and he loses the ball. He gets tackled. His crossing isn't fantastic. His passing isn't particularly spectacular. But what I will say in defence of Raheem Sterling is what Guardiola has managed to coach into him so well is the ability to find space in the box and be proficient. And that's I why he's there. Yeah, I, I personally don't think he gets into the England squad on uh, the way he does now if he doesn't get his move to Manchester City because I don't think he'd be coached that way under Jurgen Klopp. But he, I will give... Really? I will give, That's a hell yeah, of a shout. I will give, I will give Guardiola that. and Sterling credit for, for coaching and learning to be as proficient in the box as he is. I, I think I, you're, I you're think, underplaying the Jurgen Klopp's coaching abilities, Dan. I think if Jürg, Sterling plays under Jurgen Klopp, Sterling plays through the middle rather than the role he plays for City. Which, Because I think personally for England, Raheem Sterling's best position is actually tucked in behind Kane so that he can make the runs into the box. Uh, Ryan's shaking his head. But for me, no. I, I, I think we've got better options to play on the wing the way that we seem to want to play the wingers. I'd rather have Sancho on the right running at players and putting crosses in because that's not Sterling's game. Sterling's he doesn't game like Sancho England, though, does he? No, but I'm just saying, if I'm in charge, this is why I mm. said I'd play Sterling just off Kane because that's where Sterling buzzes around for City and does well. We don't we, we put him as a natural winger with England and he doesn't do as well. It's something that happens when players go to internationals. They end up playing in positions that they don't normally play in. Uh, I'll give you Paul Skulls playing uh, and when we had uh, Sven Johan Oaksen and he just wanted to get Lampard, Gerrard and Skulls in the same team. Should have built the team around Skulls. Instead, he's lumped Skulls out on the left. Shocking, scandalous just and a disgrace. One more thing on Sterling. I actually don't think he's overrated. So I have a different yeah, opinion to Ryan. Yeah. I do. I am a big fan of Sterling. As I said, I just don't think England play him correctly. Um, however, for England, I text Ryan saying, "Oh, Sterling's playing crap, so he'll score in a minute." It's just a thing, you know. He's just going to end up scoring. Yeah. I, I personally rate him, but some he's a very um, marmite subject. Sne. Some people love him, some people don't. I, I I like him. I'd have him in England's team, but you know, yeah. as I said, in a slightly different role. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you on that one. I, I'd rather have him. Um, and, and yeah. It's it's hard to find a player's. I mean, yeah, it's just try and play the players where they play for their clubs. That's um, uh, uh, all I'm after, really. Um, I, I think that's pretty much it for this week, fellas. Anything else to add? I you wanted I your wanna, silly moments. I just was. I just wanted to discuss quickly. Obviously, we're going to make England are going to make a lot of changes on um, on Sunday, and I'm looking forward to Patrick Bamford's hat trick um, at Wembley on Sunday. He um, no, 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 no
No, no, just no, just no. He's no, no. If you're gonna throw around caps like confetti, why fucking bother? Uh, Listen, he's not. Jay a, he's not. No, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know Jay Bothroyd, but that and and some of that and Patrick Bamford's no, no, no. He's not. No, he's not an international striker. He's a very, very good championship striker. He's barely a Premier League striker. How the feck is he in the England squad? No, quite mate. easily. Quite no. easy if you look at if you look at his goal scoring record at Leeds. Mason Greenwood. Mate, I, no, genuine I talent. Genuine talent. I, I said to both of you on our group chat: for Fuck's me, sake. Danny Ings and Patrick Bamford should be in the squad over him. Yes, However, yes, you yes. can't deny. You can't yes, deny I can. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm here doing it now. He scored Ings. 17 Premier League goals last season. I couldn't give a dustman's fart if he's tapping the manager's daughter. He shouldn't be in the squad. He's not a Premier He's not an international striker. He's never Pink. has been, never will be, and isn't. Pete's turned into the gym uh, from the Vicar of Dibley's. No, 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 no. Yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. Uh, yes, you, yes. No, so no. We, you said about him being a championship striker. Listen, I, I don't necessarily agree that he should be in the England squad. So I do agree with you that he shouldn't be in the England squad. There are better options. He has 17 Premier League goals last season. It's pretty good. It's not bad. I'll give you that. But he's just not an England striker. He's just not. And and as you said, Danny Ings. Well, Danny Ings and Mason Greenwood. Two names straight away in head ahead of him. How the hell are they? Is he in the squad ahead of them? That's absolute bullshit. <laughs> that was great. Enjoyed that. Um, yeah. But no, in all fairness, he... He will definitely play on Sunday. Is this something you're going to bring up every week? You're just going to say the word Bamford and I'm going to explode. Is that what you expect to happen? Yeah, well, it's worked so far. Good. We won't go on to the FIFA rankings then because I really will do my rag. I think we're fourth, by the way. Yeah, don't give me that. What? We've got semi-final of the World Cup. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. what he's going to be like if Bamford scores? He shouldn't be on the bloody pitch, let alone scoring. I could score against San Marino. We are going to, He is going to score. He might not of course start. he's going to score he now, despite me. Just despite me, he's going to score, the little shit. Can, while we're talking about England, can we agree on one thing, <laughs> that Harry Kane is playing way too deep? He's always done that, though. He's always come deep. I think it's what... I, I, I it's just the way he plays. That, I don't want him to do plays. it. I'd want him to stay up, but he always does that. You watch him in Tottenham games. If he's not getting the chance he will come deep and it's a natural thing that strikers do it, yeah it's... but he does it way too much he does it, yeah he does it too much and we it's... saw it we saw it in the Euros especially in the final when if Danny Ings wouldn't ball, do that no Patrick Bamford wouldn't either yes he would <laughs> I, I, I messaged Dan last <laughs> night and I was like Harry Kane England's best midfielder in the first half because he's just way too deep in the second half we saw a difference because I think they made him stay up front but I think he's being wasted I think it would put. We're too negative in first half of games. I don't like it. Jonathan Lecco will be in the England squad next year, and we can all celebrate. Yeah, dream on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Along with Adi Mola Lookman, yeah, yeah. He's Nigerian. It's fine. Uh, look out on social media for what we're up to next week. We'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll let you know what we're doing next week. A Bamford watch is probably what we're doing next week. Knowing you two, 
<laughs> okay don't forget uh, we'll be back next week look out for us on social media next week we'll definitely be looking at our um, uh, some embarrassing stories at football that's one thing but keep your eyes peeled on social media and don't forget if you're suffering from mental health problems just talk to a friend and don't forget the proper blokes club our sponsor www.thepropablokesclub.co.uk or find them on facebook uh, we'll be back in about a week's time ryan thank you very much thank you uh dan thank you very much thank you everybody we'll see you again soon Ta-ra. Ta-ra.